holding the scissor. I don't know what's mad at me. He's going to drive that into my temple. Welcome to the completely unnecessary podcast for uh, the last one of, 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 of winter this year, Tuesday, March 16th, it is, huh? 2021, uh, alongside Ian Ferguson. I'm Pat Contry. We have a smorgasbord of topics, an array of topics for you today, uh, including stuff like a new Ninja Turtles arcade-ish game coming your way, the EA Gate scandal. An NES collection for sale on eBay. We haven't done that in a while. Uh, we also have a Patreon poll topic and some voicemails. It's another light week in a row. Second in a row. We're, we're going is. through a light drought on the CU podcast. For the first yeah. time, usually don't have two weeks in a row where there, there isn't a huge amount to talk about. Just not a whole lot going on. Uh, yeah. We, remember, it's mostly retro game stuff. We'll talk about other stuff as, as well. Ian, Ian, how was the weekend there? Was there a weekend update for you at all? Update. No. <laughs> no. No, there's no... God damn it. Um, no, no real weekend update okay. for me. Uh, yeah, hide those scissors. The more you press the buttons on that soundboard. You were getting uh, chippy with me before the podcast. Um, because you always are like... Stephanie was correct. You were always... <laughs> no, this is why. Because Pat, Pat has like three false starts before the full start on the podcast. All right, ready to go? All right, five minutes. All right, you ready? All right, let's look up the word smorgasbord. All right, ready to go? Yes, I'm ready. Just hit the button. We're doing this. I'm ready to go. Well, you should know I'm by now, ready to go. You're, you're, it's not a surprise then. <laughs> I get so ready to go. I'm just, it's like I'm, I'm just waiting to be fired out of the chamber. Like a bullet, ready to go. We're starting earlier than usual. You say that every week, too. This isn't earlier than usual? 1041 we started this? The shindig? <laughs> we also looked up Shindig because Pat and I are both upset that Shindig apparently has nothing to do with clams. No, it's just Shindy. It's an old old English word. Back to Ian's past. I feel like it should be a, a clam party. Yeah, because you go and dig for clams. Hot clam party at the you old Shindig. You, you, li- you lift up your, your little yeah. little, your little trousers and you, you get your shins in there. So in yeah, the mud, you dig right? with your shins. That's how you do that, right? That makes perfect sense to me. That's how you do that. Uh, uh, no, I worked uh, all weekend. I have nothing fun to state. What, 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 what did you do? Oh, okay. Uh, I, I, I worked on a certain N64 guidebook because now I'm editing as well. I played... Uh, actually, I did it yesterday. I played Carmageddon 64. And here's the thing about Carmageddon. The original game is really good. <laughs> I, it's, uh, fun. Uh, it's fun. It, I, I don't know that it's, it's really a, good. It's a cult hit. It's a sure. cult hit. I had it. Big box PC. Definitely version. a PC game. Uh, Have you ever seen the cover in the U.S.? Uh, the original cover you always know like the red skull guy that wasn't the original uh, box in the US it was a car hitting a businessman with a mustache tie in the like the kneecap on the cover it's a brilliant like was it 97 that came out like brilliant sort of like um, mid to late 90s extreme uh, game and the first Carmageddon you were just it was they even referenced I believe uh, in the subtle ways Death Race 2000 it's Death Race 2000 game you're running over people for points different people they're people there's uh, blood and there's like cows and stuff so and it was sprite based and it was really fun it's also like demolition derby like you run into everyone else to you can win you can win each race by just either killing all the people 
in the stage or you, you destroy all the other racers. So you almost never go around the racetrack and run the actual race. It's right. like, what's the point? And your opponents don't either, for the most part. From what I remember, they just like seek you out and try to hit you. That is a great early box cover. It's absolutely great. Like, I'm surprised I don't have it in my collection. I'll have to buy it before I put this out because we're all going to buy it. Um, so the sequel <laughs> comes out. So I, I bought this. I don't know why this appealed to me. Like, Computer City purchase or CompuSA. The sequel comes out, and it's like two years later. And by then, it's all polygonal. All the games have to be political, all the 3D games. And it lost some of the charm. And by then, they also got pushback where, oh, no, we can't be killing humans anymore. Uh, it's, they're zombies now. So, like, you, you, it's like, come on. Really? We're going that route? We're, we're still, we're still in, in this era where we, we can't run over people and, like, Death Race 2000? It's, 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 it's cheesy and not serious at all. It's not like you become a homicidal maniac uh, playing Carmageddon. But the sequel lost the charm of the first game, partially because of that. And partially because it's just not as good of a game. Because of that, because they went totally, totally 3D, and it's just not as good, it just isn't. Um, so I'm playing the N64 version, which is notoriously one of the worst games on the console. Which I can see why. I don't think it's the worst game on the console. That's probably still going to be something like a Superman 64 or a couple of the other games we're discovering going through this. Uh, but it isn't a good game, and uh, I'm at the wit's end trying to play through it. I, I played through half of the game. I'm not sure how much further I can go before I, I pull my hair out on it. So that's Carmageddon 64. But I just did Wave Race, which is a lot better. That's a really good game. <laughs> I always forget there was a recent Carmageddon game. There was, oh, yeah, they continued the franchise, but I was, after the second one, I bought the second one, too, on the PC. I bought the first, too. After that, I was like, oh, this isn't as fun. I don't think I even beat the second game, like the first game. Did you know the, you know the, the plot of Carmageddon 2 is actually like climate change? That's why th- that's happened? No, I it no is. idea. They're very progressive. They're like, oh yeah, in the future there was an event <laughs> and humans have to stay inside. If you go outside, it created zombies from like the toxic radiation. Oh. So that's why they had the race so you can kill all these zombies. So I was like, oh, there's like a climate change message. That's interesting. Yeah, that is. That's weird. kind of, all right, maybe that'll happen in real life and we'll run around like a death race and we'll, we'll, we'll kill zombies for cash. Yeah. All right, that, that's what I did this weekend for the most part. I mean, I'm sure I did something else, I will, but that's what I did. I'm sure I hit the heavy bag here and there. Uh, you know you want to talk about this Microsoft acquisition? Oh, we talked about it before, but it's, it's completed. Did. It's completed. It's done. So what this means is 20 Bethesda games will be available on Xbox Game Pass Friday... Uh, last Friday. Last Friday. Yeah, they're, yeah, they're, so they're already up there. Um, including stuff like Fallout, New Vegas, Fallout 4, Elder Scrolls Online, Evil Within, Wolfenstein, Old Blood, Morrowind, Oblivion, etc. A et bunch cetera. of, like, five Dooms. Dooms. Four, five, yeah. Prey, Rage 2. A lot of good stuff. Uh, I just... I, the, I, I worry about this mass acquisition of stuff. This is how we get to like a Disney situation in video games. So if you have, uh, you know, Xbox Game Pass, great. Um, this actually looks pretty good for you. You have a lot of stuff at your availability. But they also did say that some things would be exclusive going forward. Bethesda kind of mentioned that in the oh. most recent round of news. Well, you spend a billion dollars wherever they spent. Oh yeah, yeah. There's gonna, yeah. This is gonna be exclusive in the future. These some of these games and uh, uh, in, the, in the sequels, absolutely. Yeah, I think the end result is not exactly great for players. But this is where we're at. Well, it's great if you have if, if you have Game Pass. It's a great it's a great value, obviously. I'm aware of that. Yeah, I mean, like now I'm looking. I said before, like, oh, I can get it because uh, because most of these are going to be in the PC, uh, Game Pass. Only a couple only on the console, like Fallout New Vegas and let's see, Elder Scrolls Online. So yeah, you can get your old what is Game Pass a month? Fifteen twenty bucks? What is it? 
45 bucks, I think, for three months. So 15 Pat, bucks yeah, a month. 15 bucks. Yeah, and then you can get your get your Xbox Series uh, S, and you can have it there or on the on the PC. I think it's I think it's uh, it's good. But no, I see I see your point. Like in the future, these are going to be Microsoft entities, and uh, I don't I don't see the new Elder Scrolls coming out on PlayStation. I just don't. It's too big of a game uh, to, to allow it to come out on both. I, I think it will. I think it absolutely will. I think it will after probably a six month exclusivity. Oh, you think it'll be a six month exclusive? Yes, I think that will just do. to twist the knife a little bit. I okay. think they will do an exclusivity. Microsoft is also not dumb. They will make all the money they can. Oh, that's true. Their I mean, yeah, I guess they can follow the Minecraft sort of route. Yeah, and just but I, we're at, we're at the point where I, I I don't think exclusives will are definitely good and important, but I also think there's a point where it doesn't make sense, especially if it's by a third party company. It doesn't make sense to necessarily hold it. Um, Hold especially, yeah, especially if you if you're owning it. I know Bethesda, I guess, wouldn't technically be third party anymore. No. But there's so much more money to be made when you put it on multiple systems. Sure, but you want to, I guess, maximize it by having it on your platform. If it was because some, you, you keep 100 of the profits. If, if Sony yeah. was doing uh, this, I think they would probably keep it. Um, they would keep it. To, to I think they would probably keep it exclusive, but I don't think Microsoft's main focus is really their console. That's true. We talked. Yeah, yeah, we've, we've talked about yeah, that. It's so software. I, but yeah, and I guess they figure, well, we we got the, we, we're going to make so much money on PC with this anyway, because when you think about what Elder Scrolls, how many PC people are going to get that? Like everyone is going to get that right. on PC. So when you look at it that way, but yeah, it's great. I mean, God, uh, I mean, geez, I remember I, I bought I bought Elder Scrolls, I think four for what the, was it the three sixty, and I said, oh, I'm going to play this at some point. Obviously, I didn't. Uh, but no, a, a Skyrim is obviously still played, and people do mods for it, whatever else, and that's already what like nine years old how old is skyrim at this point Knee, kneecap arrow it's yeah, like 2011 it, right it's or like 2010 i think 2010 actually Games. arrow to the knee skyrim 2011 or 12 okay yeah 10 years it's been a while ian with that jeez so uh yeah it's obviously this is not good news for sony though obviously because now it's going to be less and less uh exclusives at least at the start but i don't see some of these ever coming to PlayStation uh, in the future, but we'll see. Maybe they will. Maybe, maybe the, the new Dooms will come after a certain time. There. Um, talking about this Game Boy game. Yeah. So this is kind of exciting, and this is something that we've started seeing a little bit more recently. Um, <clears throat> a canceled Game Boy Color RPG called Infinity. Um, one was unearthed in 2016. Um, it was apparently 90% done. It was being done by Affinix Software uh, toward the end of the handheld's life. It's a really nice-looking RPG. It looks like a strategy RPG that almost has like a uh, Shining Force-type movement battle system. Um, but the exciting thing is that it's going to be finished and released. Um, Incubate Games and Retro Modding have announced plans to not only complete the game with a newly assembled team, but they'll also release it as both a physical cart for purchase and as a digital ROM for everyone to enjoy. So this is an instance of an old game being found. It's going to be finished by uh, a new team. But uh, just recently there was a uh, PlayStation dungeon crawler um, that was being made with like one of the home PlayStation dev kits when the PlayStation was around, and the original devs came back to it like 20 years later and finished it up and released it. Uh, we talked about that shooter uh, that's on Switch, 1993 Shenandoah, that was started in 1993, and it went untouched for 
months and months and months or years and years and years and they finally finished it and put it out on the switch so it's interesting to me just to see all of these like projects that were probably started when people were in their late teens early 20s had more time and uh they're getting stitched up later and finished are these being finished by people that originally worked on no like i said this one is not this one is not how does that work legally though if the studio is dissolved who owns who owns the copyright well i'm sure they probably figured that out that's 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 why I always I always like like about this stuff. Like someone someone owns it. I guess if it's legally dissolved, though, like how do you who copyright never gets dissolved? Um, that's always that always exists. Um, it's not like a trademark has to be re-up. Copyright doesn't have to get re-extended. Once you create something, you technically own the copyright uh, for that amount of time. You don't have to even register it. You write something, you copyrighted it technically. Um, if you have evidence, obviously there's evidence. So that's that's interesting. So it's going to be a Kickstarter. It looks like in June, and for some reason on this page I'm looking at Nintendo Wire, there's a video ad playing of women in bras in the in the corner. I'm trying to pause because I'm getting distracted there. There's a <laughs> little pop up ad from like 1998 on this site. What the hell, Nintendo Wire? What's happening here? Anyway, all right, we'll uh, well, we'll see about that. Uh, you know what pops up sometimes? Hmm. Normal pins and. RBI baseball stickers and books pop up magically oh. at ultimatenintendo.com. Okay. They pop up. You can purchase them whenever you want. You can buy your wares there. You can help uh, help out uh, Ian get his burrito fix and Pat keep the lights on. I had a great burrito last night. You had a great burrito? What did you have, Ian? I had a... It was a Nico's. Oh. And I'll also be on Twitch tomorrow. Wednesday's become the, the day du jour for 80s night on Twitch. Twitch.tv slash country code. I'm also on Cameo, cameo.com slash Pat Contry. Frank is on the f- fence about doing the Cameo. He's like, I, he was, one of those things about Frank, he's like, yeah, I'm going to do that. Then once I said, you want to sign up? He's like, nah, I don't know. So then I showed it, and he was kind of into it. I showed it, this is a video, Frank. You use your phone, you send a video. They're not, he, he felt like he was interacting with people directly. You're not, they're not interacting with you directly. They send you a thing to do. You record the message, and you send it. So, so you guys out there, leave the comments on YouTube if you guys want to see Frank on Cameo. I think, I think. If you want to see Ian on Cameo. Mm. Mm. Ian's thinking about it. Oh. Think about I it. Do the referral code. Like I could help Pat out a bit. All right. Uh, there's a uh, Guinness Book of World Records, which is, you know, a weird thing where you basically pay for like a plaque. Um, right? Is that basically what it is? Yeah. That's their business model. And then you maybe buy a book saying, hey, I'm in it. Uh, so that there's the new record for that. There's a record for everything now. The smallest Nintendo 64 console. This is from GameSpot. For following this, I uh, <laughs> I hate the Guinness Book of World Records. It's it's. Uh, I used to love the Guinness Book of World Records when I was a kid, and as I've grown yes. up, I've really started to be like, meh. You, you, you learn you learn the dark, uh, the seedy side of the of the world records business. <laughs> yes, the seedy side of the world record biz. Um, but this is worth talking about simply because it's just so goddamn adorable. This uh, so it's a handheld that's let's see, two point eight seven inches tall, ten point two three inches wide, seven seven point four eight inches deep. So it's more deeper than it is tall, which is interesting. That's uh, really interesting. It uh, it looks to be just about the exact width of a Nintendo sixty four cartridge. When you look at the system yeah. with a, a cartridge in it, it 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 almost lines up like perfectly to the sides. Um, and looks like maybe just a little bit taller. Two sticks on there, so obviously the one stick functions as the C buttons. Oh, we'll get to that. Um, Pat yeah. the pessimist is going to get to that. This is from Gunner Turnquist. That's an awesome name, by the way. It is Gunner Turnquist. 
That's like a name of like an FBI investigator on like an NBC or CBS show. That's what I'm mean, uh, Agent Gunner Turnquist. Um, so this is a record breaker going back to 2015. It's 23% reduction in total volume. Did they send someone out from Guinness with like with like a, uh, a uh, ruler yeah. <laughs> and calculate out the volume? Is that what they're doing here? Remember volume. It's, uh, you math folks. It's length times width times height is the volume of something. It's cubic inches. Um, and it's built using a real N64. Gunner didn't opt for shortcuts when his article, like an emulator printed circuit board. As a result, it, as a result, it plays real cartridges. So you get the insides and you, re, you crunch them up and you shift parts and you get your welding mask on and you get in there and you do that. So, okay, this is what I'm going to say about this. This is a slight cheat using that second thumbstick on the right. Because there's some games, most games don't use it as a camera button, the C buttons on the N64. They're just regular buttons you use for a fighting game or to do options or what have you. I think this is a cheat doing this. I think I, I think the rule should be you need the real four buttons on there to fit. I think you could fit them. Maybe. Maybe you could fit them if you like put them like not, you know what I mean? I think, I think that's, that's, that's how Pat would do the Guinness book. I'd show up and be like, no, I want to see the four buttons here. I don't care. You think it's the same? You can't play a fighting game. Then you gotta like, click up and down and on that right stick. You shouldn't be playing fighting games on the Nintendo Sixty-Four, okay. anyways. Well, <laughs> what if I want to play? What's a game we just played that used the buttons like that? Uh, let's see. Wave Race uses the B and A. Wave Race does, it uses that to switch the perspective. <clears throat> it doesn't use that for another button. It uses the triggers. All right, I'll think of other games. <laughs> this is, this is I'll think of other games. To me, this is Carmageddon. You need it. Carmageddon. You needed to use your use your power up options. You can still use your power up options. And switch. Yeah, you got to click it up. It's not as precise, Ian. Okay. You see what I'm saying? I, I mean, I'm trying. I'm trying there's to no care. Game, there's I'm no, trying to care. You don't. You, there's not. An, it's not an analog. That's a point. It's not well, an no, analog. Of course not. Like, it's four buttons. Give me. Give me. Give me the little. Give me the little. Um. What's the one you like? Your Neo Geo Pocket Color little joystick. Yeah. On, do that. Stick. Do a click. Do a clicky stick. I'd allow that because then you get the click. You get the click at least. On that, yeah, that's the only thing. It's like it's not really what it is, but it's it's adorable though. Good, good on Gunner Turnquist. Wonder what the battery life is on that thing. Probably not very high. Oh, oh yeah, that's probably not great. No, because we we spoke about that one that was made from parts that the, the quote unquote handheld one. on remember that was going yeah. for several several hundred dollars on, on on eBay. Yeah, yeah, that that uh, from our pal Todd that, that lasted like what two hours yeah. at most, and that was with like heavy duty. Like car batteries stuff, stuck, yeah. stuck to it or whatever. Not car. You see what I mean? They, they were they were like they were like the phone charger heavy ones. There was like two or three of those suckers in there uh, to get that powered. There. All right, Ninja Turtle time. I'm wearing the shirt, the Loot Crate shirt. I'm excited. Um, so this was announced. Uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Uh, Shredder's Revenge was announced last week to much fanfare. Um, it was one of those things I saw online where uh, the excitement for it was kind of existing outside of usual video it, game circles. It got trending on Twitter. And everyone was, was yeah. kind of looking at it and talking about it. Um, so what is it? It's a new arcade-style beat-em-up with the Ninja Turtles, just like the original arcade games. Uh, has you fighting a bunch of foot soldiers and the various henchmen bunch of, of Shredder. Um, including Bebop, Rocksteady, and Shreddy Boy himself. The little video was a cute little animated little intro. They redid the theme song. Um, they, they, show, they, they, show they, April, they, they show April doing a jump kick, which is cute. They redid uh, the theme song with Mike Patton uh, doing it? the vocals, uh, the lead singer of Faith No More. Really? Uh, yeah. 
Faith No More still? Oh, he's still around. My sister used to listen to Faith No More. Oh yeah, Mike Patton is definitely still around. Okay, um, and uh, yeah, apparently he did the lyrics for the that the the title uh, theme in that video, okay. which is pretty great. Um, and there's, there's only about 15 seconds of gameplay, just to, to, to be clear, because we're, we're still early out on this. Looks but, uh, good, though. I looks, think yeah. the, the the important thing is that uh, the sprites look great, and they animate really nicely. Uh, one thing that everyone's been pointing out that I think is uh, a nice touch and shows the amount of care going into the game is um, all the turtles look different. They all have different run cycles, even. They all run differently. Um, Mikey runs like a goober. Uh, Donatello runs like a ninja. Um, they all have different run animations. So unlike previous Turtles arcade games, it's not just a palette swap where they're taking one turtle and changing, you know, the... Um, yeah, they all walk the same in the first yeah, game. Yeah, they, they all look different. They all have, yeah. like, their own personalities. Well, well, I'm trying to think. Their idle animations were different, I think, in the first game. Obviously, they had different weapons, but I see what you mean. So this is being uh, published by uh, Tribute Games. It's being published uh, by... Oh, dot .emu. Dot .emu. And, and developed by Tribute Games. That's right. I yeah. confused it. Um, the two of the people who founded Tribute Games were two of the people behind Scott Pilgrim versus the world, the beat-em-up. Um, and dot .emu uh, recently... Um, published Streets of Rage 4, which was my game of the year last year. So there's good beat em up pedigree behind this. Um, Be- beat em up pedigree. Be- between, you know, the people who did Scott Pilgrim, the people who published Streets of Rage 4, uh, I have I have faith that they will put together a very good but, game. And we last brought up Tribute Games with Panzer Paladin, yep. which was really fun, and that came out only uh, last year, because last year doesn't, like, it's a time warp. And I saw, and I saw and spoke to the folks at Tribute Games. Uh, back at right before it all went to hell at uh, PAX East, literally when like Sony pulled out and other companies were like, "We're not going to do GDC." That's when it all that was right before. That was pre pre COVID uh, madness times. So that so check out Panzer Palin if you hadn't. And so that yeah, this looks fun. Yeah, looks really good. I'm super excited. Um, There's no release date yet, but there is a a landing page for it on Steam. Um, I'm assuming we'll see it on. The PlayStation, okay. Microsoft, and uh, Nintendo consoles. Um, most of Tribute stuff, if not all of it, is on the Switch. So I, I think it'll definitely get a Switch port. I, will, I know this is a tough ask because of the rights. If they could do a, a, a bonus of getting the original arcade game with this, I would. I would love you if you could pull that off. I think that's a bit of an ask. I just said it's an ask. <laughs> yeah, I know. Because a Konami, I, but pull, I, I, God, I, God, I want that re-released. That's 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 probably that's a, a top ten favorite arcade game. The original initial uh, arcade game is top ten. Oh, totally out, out of all, too. and that does uh, th- that's a that's a good thing to bring uh, up. Actually, is that um, I I really hope, uh, and I'm sure we will, but um, I want to see physical copies of this because Nintendo uh, yeah. the Turtles games like that original arcade game has been released on digital storefronts before and then quickly taken it's gone. away. It's got like um, a year or two. It's like gone. We're yeah, gone. the licensing for Ninja Turtles is crazy. It's like the Marvel stuff and whatever. Uh, it, it's Scott Pilgrim, I'm assuming, is a similar way that these licenses are only for a set period of time. So this game will absolutely come out on a digital storefront and I guarantee you at some point in the not so distant future it's going to go away. You can so. say it's a time. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. Uh, that's all I'm asking. I'm not saying you can do it, because Konami did the original game, but that was a uh, travesty that, you know, you can't easily get that original arcade game, or the original Simpsons arcade game, or the original, well, God, the fucking Spider-Man arcade game, I don't think it's been released anywhere. 
for, that I know of. Any of those beat em ups that with licenses. Alien vs. Predator only got Simpsons. Uh, only Simps- got that's Simps- Capcom, but that only got released on. Uh, I got released on their fucking big yes. dumb stick. That's the only time it's the, ever been released. The redone. Simpsons arcade game not getting a proper release. I think it had a PC release at the time, and that was it. For whatever reason, they, they didn't get that anywhere. They couldn't do a Super Nintendo version of the Simpsons arcade game. Like you know, that would have sold. You know how much they would have sold to that? That would have been a top like ten Super Nintendo game if they pulled that off. Oh sure. I mean, they did Turtles in Time, so it was, it was possible to do that. I, it, it's know. funny. That's one of those video games that people have absolutely convinced themselves into believing was released for it's, home. Oh, really? That's one. It's it's it, yeah. I get a lot of people Mandela who come effect. in. Yeah, I get a lot of people because who, you figure it would be it was a huge game. Like it would have been released. It just you would assume that all those it's other beat 'em ups got you know ports. That one would too, especially because it was such a big license. But I have a lot of people who come into the store and they want the Simpsons game for the Super Nintendo, and I have to explain. Uh, like, what, but you don't want Bart's Nightmare, no, or you don't want uh, what was it? Was there two on Super Nintendo? Or just the one? Uh, there was two, right? There was no, three. When, whenever that it comes time uh, for them to explain, I'm like Simpsons game. They're like, yeah, like the arcade game. I'm like, that yeah. was, not, and they're they're always like, no, it totally was. Oh, yeah. And no one's ever been a huge asshole about it, but there are definitely people who are just convinced that they had it. They owned it. No. I'm like, you and never did. And I guarantee they didn't have the PC one, because I've never seen the PC one in person, but I think there's a PC one that's out there that they made. Because the PC could have pulled it off. The PC pulled off those, had the technology to do the arcade games. Sure. That's the thing. But they weren't released on that, because it wasn't known as that, you know, it was for more for adults still in the early right. days. So you didn't get that stuff. But I had his Mortal Kombat playing it with the PC speaker. That was fun. Right before we got the sound card, I used to play Mortal Kombat, which was oh, a god. It was a perfect arcade port, though. Which I assume because I couldn't hear the audio because I had a PC speaker for the Sound Blaster. Imagine hearing when when you send out Scorpions to someone. Yeah, it was really weird. It was really weird, like chirping when you punched and kicked and see blood fly. Like I said, the graphics were perfect, but it was the audio was obviously not there without that. So, all right, so that's going to be a fun one. Um. And real, real quick, I have to make an apology to everyone. A couple weeks ago, uh, we were talking about uh, I think the the Amico delay, the Intellivision Amico, the proposed console, which I think now they're they're uh, there was a video of them putting together dev units uh, about a year or more behind schedule to come out in October of last year. Um, I mentioned uh, the Amico subreddit not being I think my words were not a circle jerk like Atari Age, and not two weeks later. The, the Amico subreddit has now been taken over officially by the uh, Intellivision and, and the minions there. So what was before a robust, a hearty conversation uh, destination, you know, where it wasn't, you know, censored people asking, you know, uh, questions that uh, they had the right to ask is now totally censored. And now it's just a, it's an, uh, it's a marketing arm of Intellivision, unfortunately. So I, that's on me because before I mentioned that, I don't think attention was being, was being paid to that at all. Um, so there you go. So that's that's the bad news. The good the good news is that having a subreddit like that, that no one cares about isn't going to do anything for your company. It's not going to get the word out or have people know about your product. And I will say this though: there's going to be that point in time where you're not going to be able to control your narrative anymore, and that's when people actually get the, these this console for themselves, and when uh, entertainment uh, and gaming journalists and and reputable sites get a hold of it. Yeah, you're going to be in for a world of fun if you think you can control what people think and say about your product then. If it comes out. If they get it in people's hands. Ian stays silent. <laughs> Ian stays I just silent. don't get... I, I'm so fucking okay. tired of dealing with, 
with the Amico shit is but, exhausting. But if you say that though, that's what they want you to think, so you don't talk about the, the shady shit that goes on. Uh, yeah, I mean, but I think at this yeah. point we're all aware of the shady shit. Okay, it's dumb. It's dumb. They they want you to feel like that. They're they, idiots. They want you to say, "Hey, you you support a racist website, which is like ridiculous," and, <laughs> I mean, and be absurd. tweeted at me because it, it could because it, it mentions Italian Americans or something. <sighs> it's like what? What the fuck are you talking about? I just want to fast forward to October. You just want to get to the main event? Main event, yeah. Maybe that's where we end the podcast, when the, the Nika comes out. <laughs> that's it. When it eventually comes out. So is, is, is it is it like is, is it like the Marvel hey, that's Cinematic the, Universe like that? That's, that's it. That's the, the end game. That's the big payoff. That's, that's the, the end, end game. game. <laughs> that's that'll be eight and a half years. And hey, maybe that's the incentive. The, you get that. You get that. If you hate us that much, get that Amico out, and then we end the podcast <laughs> if you can. But you put it out too early, and it fails. You lose. You lose all your investors uh, several million dollars. Seven or you keep delaying million. it to make sure it makes money, but we talk about it until it comes out. Ooh, that's a nice little catch twenty two. <laughs> I got to read Catch-22 still. Several million. More than several million. Several oh, boy. Million. Oh, people are going to be coming after you. Oh, it's going to be fun. I don't think I've read Catch-22 either. No. It was that Vonnegut, right? I got to read that. No, I've read a lot of Vonnegut. Catch-22, I don't think is Vonnegut. Catch-22 wasn't Vonnegut? I'm looking right now. You could be right, but I don't think so. No, Joseph Heller. That's it. Okay. Yeah. I don't know what else Heller's done. I've Satirical read- War Novel. By American author Joseph Heller, he began writing in 53, novel was first published in 61. Wow, eight years. Well, it's a classic. I mean, we know the name Catch-22. Catch-22, Ian, is, is a term where basically, uh, you know, you can't win either way. You're, You're damned if you, you do. You're damned, damned if you don't. don't. Double Jeopardy. Well, Double Jeopardy, you win on the game show. What well, I'm just talking about the real term, Double Jeopardy. Oh, you mean, the, you mean the, the, the law term? You can't try someone twice for the same crime if they're acquitted? Uh, is there another term? I thought it was another term. <laughs> We're just going. This is like before the podcast. Now Ian's doing. I do just look up terms because double jeopardy means it doesn't mean you can't win. Double jeopardy just yeah, means it's, right. du- it's double trouble. It's like yeah. a double. It's like a double dog dare. Yeah. Double jeopardy, right? Yeah. <laughs> it's like you're right. All right. Well, that's it for the, for our intro. Hey, there. good intro. They're, they're not. They're not all great. I thought that one was wonderful. If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. All right, Ian, uh, we, we have a... Uh, we have a uh, We have a scandal! We have a scandal with surprise mechanics with, with EA. Scandal! Um, so, big, big news. Big, big news uh, in the uh, world of uh, electronic arts and video games. <laughs> the world of electronic arts. And sports. Literally. And sports. Um, so, earlier this week, it was Eurogamer with the uh, investigative journalism that it, exposed that... Um, it, was, it, was, it dropped on the 11th. Dropped yeah. on the 11th. They exposed um, that there was someone within Electronic Arts basically selling the um, Ultimate Team cards uh, in FIFA to people for money. So the Ultimate Team, we've talked about basically EA, their sports games, they all have these modes called Ultimate Team that function, uh, that, that revolve heavily around loot boxes. Surprise mechanics. Yes. Surprise mechanics. You, you, put, you put your money in the machine, and then it's like, well, I open up a card pack and see what's in there. It's, and it's fun because 
I the whole grind is opening up card packs. You get these card yeah. packs, and then you can use those players essentially on your ultimate teams for online play. So obviously you want to get the best players because the stats do matter in a game like this. You are definitely going to have an edge and have a better chance of winning if you have um, the better players. Mm. So people constantly buy these card packs, etc., try to open them up and get these these um, good players like uh, Zinedad Zidane, um, Pele, Ronaldinho, Ru- a Rude Gullet. I don't know that one. A Rude Gullet. Um, Ronaldo. So, uh, there are icon cards, which are, like, the most sought-after ones. Those are the ones with, like, the legendary players. And then there are even rarer prime icon moment cards, which are, like, extra rare uh, special editions of those cards. Hologram chromium editions of that. Just like we talked about with the NBA... uh, Right. FT... What is it? FTFs? NTFs. NTFs, yeah. NFTs. NFTs. Non-fungible tokens. Non-fungible tokens, yes. But this is but you can use these though to play your game. Right. Um so obviously ob- obtaining these is a, a a big deal. And because you're gambling, first of all, to get them in the card packs. Yeah. So there is something that can be done um from within EA, it's called content granting. Uh, EA has currently suspended all discretionary content granting. What this means is giving away stuff for free, basically promoing out items. Um, hey, Ian, I want to give this to you for your birthday, this player. Here you go. Right. So Tra- It's like trading shit. Okay. Apparently, they don't do a whole lot of discretionary content granting, but they do it uh, with these sports games. For instance, if you're an actual sports player, they give you, they'll, they'll hey, give here, you. Here's your card. Here's you. Or whatever. Yeah, they'll give you your card. I think as it states here, they'll actually give you like a, a, a like a maxed out stats version of of your player of your card, so you can play it online. Like there, there's people who have run into like people who actually like play like who play soccer online, and yeah, they'll have like That's pretty a, funny. A, yeah, an indestructible version of themselves essentially. Um, so it was found that people within EA were actually since they can unlock that stuff per on a per account basis they were accepting payment for these cards and not a small amount of payment so the employee was either getting paid money to give these out to people to random people yeah uh, so they were allegedly so these would be what they unlock would be known as untradeables so for instance that sports player that I was talking about who would have like a, a 99 maxed out stat version of himself. That common player that has the super version of himself. It would be an untradeable card, meaning he couldn't put that on the marketplace. Because it's not something you can normally else. get, so, right. I, so you shouldn't... It's, it's locked away. It's uh, well, and because it was... Yeah, it was in Right. So they can also... Other content unlockables, they can set as untradeable. Mm-hmm. So... This was the prices that were uh, exposed uh, that uh, people within EA were charging. 1,000 euros for two primetime moments cards. 1,400 euros for three primetime moments cards. Or 1,700 for three moments plus two TOTYS. I don't know what toadies. I don't know what that stands for. Something of the year, maybe. Yeah. But uh, that's a... Touch of the year, maybe? Touch of the year, but that is an insane amount of money to be paying for digital cards to add players to your game. I was going to say is if there's not a marketplace for this, then are these people that really want to be that awesome that they're spending this amount of money. 
and they're online gaming, they're only spend this amount of money. I guess like, if, if it's not if it's not a non fungible token NFT that you can't like put in the marketplace, and why are you spending this amount of money? Are you have that much money to burn with this? That's one thing I can think of. Unless, unless, can you trade these cards on the marketplace? These FIFA cards that you get. So there is some sort of marketplace available, but I don't know how it operates. To be perfectly okay. honest with you, because that makes more, more sense to me. So it's like it's like oh, it's, it's like selling a rare baseball card to me. But I know the person inside Tops that made it. Right. And they they made me the, they say they made like ten hologram Tom Brady cards for this year. They pull one off, they pull the one line out before put. Yeah. And I and I and we have the insights. That's what it's more sounds like to me. I can't picture someone spending two grand to make their game better. Like you must be an insane person, or have that much money to burn. Either way, though, obviously this is really alarming that there's someone had this sort of content. It wasn't tracked. This was happening. It didn't like set off a flag somewhere that oh hey this this, this employee or two all of a sudden we see this transaction go through. We see these cards uh, moving through the system. There's no, there was no alarm bells being set off for this. Toty is team of the year player. So. Oh, okay, yeah. I was almost right. There's a touch, good touch in soccer. It means yeah. a good little passer, little kick. I almost hit the reset button on the. On that. So, yeah, this is nuts. Um, and EA has said, I'm trying to find the the, the uh, statement. Um, EA called it a breach of fair play principles, and we won't let it stand. That's what they said. Uh, he explained this content granting process, which was players are legitimately which players are legitimately awarded in game FUT items. The most com- common uses of this granting process are, are are as make goods for in-game technical issues or accidental content deletion by issues. So if, if I get something deleted, you can give me back the, the shit I got to it. So that's a, that's a use of it in the system. Say something about my account, it gets corrupted or whatever, and I had some rare cards. They can create them again, I guess. Right, exactly. That makes sense. So, uh, but EA, it's just, what comes out of EA's mouth is is absolutely ridiculous. The alleged behavior is unacceptable, and in no way do we condone granting or purchasing player items in exchange for money. This practice runs counter to the game's competitive integrity. Oh, give me a break. It's a violation of EA's user agreement, and is not something we tolerate. So, so they create. We do not allow the trade or sale of items oh. outside our game for many reasons, including that it would create an unequal playing field for our community. Your entire game mode revolves around creating an unequal playing field. You sons of bitches! Yeah, you, you made you you created the uh, the environment, and now like yeah, this, this is this, a natural. This is, this is a progression. direct response to what you created. You, you made a marketplace, and and and, and you have these rare uh, cards. Uh, for these players to be used and now you're surprised that people are grifting off of it and taking advantage of this system that you have in place I coated myself in barbecue sauce and wrestled with the lion and got my arm bitten off couldn't have seen that coming maybe you just had the little little lick of here or two the little sandpaper tongue that's a big sandpaper tongue on a tiger mm-hmm. or a lion anyway um, let's see what they sell here as well I had a quote here ready to go we are committed to continue our work and positive play through actions to make our communities fair and safe from everyone. Oh, that's another story where they're doing more to tackle racist content in FIFA 21. We can, we can talk about that a little bit if we want to. Uh, our initial investigation shows questionable activity involving a very small number of accounts and items. Very small. Mm. When our investigation is completed, we will take action against any employee found to have been engaging in this activity. Any items granted through this illicit, I love that word, illicit activity will be removed from the FUT ecosystem and EA will permanently ban any player known to have acquired content through these means. Well, if they could have resold that, though, or regifted it in any way, then the the damage has been done. And then it's really all about firing the employee 
And then if there's anything done illegally by law, I don't know. But either way, that's that's not good. I just don't see how there's no fail safe for this. They have to see stuff like this as a potential. Oh yeah, I mean, giving out giving out rare cards or cards created from scratch to random people. Like, there's no fail safe. There's an approval process. Okay, I'm giving out uh, these cards. This is here's a here's a guy who here's a guy. Or there might uh, be, but like, I mean, how how low down the chain of command is it? You know, is that's it, what I mean. So yeah. I guess I mean obviously, if you want to make this extra money like this, or willing to risk getting fired from your job for selling these as an employee, then that's really down. Low, like, and it's, if it sounds to me, without knowing more, that more than a few people could access this, right? If they're trying to, if they're trying to hunt down who did this, this was available to a lot of lower level employees that should not have been. You know, how how often do you have to do this? Give these out to people. Like this is something you have to do every day, uh, potentially. I don't. Yeah, this is weird with this content granting process. Yeah. Well, there you go. Let's talk about uh, EA tackling uh, racist content because there's another article just came out like today. Um, they they issued a lifetime ban to a FIFA Ultimate Team player who who racially abused Arsenal football player uh, legend Ian Wright on social media. Oh yeah, I, I I saw about that. So there was someone that was just an online player who who he he basically went off on a real football player that existed like for some reason, and it's like why would you do that? You don't think EA is gonna gonna respond to that? Like, like what the like what the hell is wrong with you? And this is and this happened with the NBA player. Well, he on Twitch he he made anti-Semitic uh, comments, but uh, this stuff is is no longer tolerated. You can't do this shit. Consequences. Anymore. I love to see him. Myers Leonard on the Heat was on a stream and had a quote unquote heated gaming moment, and now he might have thrown away his NBA career, a, a career where he's making several million dollars a year. His contract's coming up, and he might not be able to get signed again because of this. You know, like like what the fuck are you thinking? Like, what are you doing? Out like, what are you fucking doing? Uh, so anyway, yeah, that that's, that just came out today. I just saw the article. So, um, yeah, it's not shocking, but but like this happens. We see this more and more with like people that are pro- like professional gamers that get thrown out their teams. I yeah. think I saw one that happened last week or two. Some, something like that happened. Someone got tossed off their their team. I forget what it was for, but it's like, you know, just don't be a dick. That's the rule, right? Yeah, just don't be a dick. Yeah, we didn't talk about the Myers Leonard thing. I think last week. No, we didn't. Uh, didn't really because it was like it was it was unbelievable. It happened, and and here's what I want to say real quick about if you're a professional a sports person, uh, I understand you can do whatever you want. If you're making ten million dollars a year playing basketball, like what? I'm 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 not going on Twitch to get tips from people. Like it's not worth my time anymore to do that shit or to like. Why would you even? If there's a one percent chance of something weird happening, like what happened with Myers Leonard. Don't throw away everything. Like, don't even. Not saying it's right. It's obviously not right what he did. But like, I'm not saying there's even one percent chance that you should. You would say something horrible. But like, don't even put yourself in weird situations. Like, or that could happen. Like that. It doesn't make any sense to me that when I see stuff like this happen, it doesn't make any sense. None of it makes sense. I think the Leonard thing happened after last. Uh, it happened in between. I think it happened in between. Yeah. Yeah. He was a player on the Heat. You know, he was a you know sort of a reserve player. You know, but he wasn't a nobody. He was. He's been in the league for like six, seven years. Right. He may never play in the NBA again potentially. You know. Don't be an asshole. Yeah. Then he he said, "Oh, I didn't know what the word meant." It's like, wow, that term is is an oldie time fucking term. Uh, that like, if you, like, how do you know that term exists? Uh, first of all, and if you don't know what it means, it's such a weird thing. It's like a term. I heard that term last, like, you know, watching the Porky's movie. Last time I heard that term, you know, like that's a, you know, it's ridiculous. Anyway, anyways, sorry. Anything else to add here about the card packs thing? The surprise mechanics? No. No more than surprise mechanics. No more. 
Okay. Moving on. Moving on. Uh, all right, Ian, we got a uh, we got an NES collection on eBay that we're going to talk about. We haven't talked about this in a while. Stuff like this uh, happening uh, because you know last year didn't count uh, as for a lot of things in terms of maybe a price is exploding on some retro games and other things. But this is an interesting sort of case study because now we're in 2021. Um, so there's an, an NES collection uh, right now. Uh, Nintendo NES collection, Little Samson and all. Uh, no, no, it's just a buy now. There's no best offer. $18,150. It's in Nevada. This, uh, this, this, uh, this collector, uh, p- pimp for life. <laughs> Pimpin' for life is, is trying to uh, is trying to sell here. Um, free economy shipping. There you go. Very nice. So, so we're we're at a point now where we've seen the shift. We saw the shift coming for years in terms of less less interest in the NES carts themselves. We, we talked about how the, it peaked around mid two thousand sixteen, pre pandemic. The pandemic gave it a little, little boost, a shot in the arm. Pardon the pun. And it might it might probably slide down again. But in the past couple of years, we've had a lot of these collectors go for the. Um, you know the, the water graded seal games, and then some of the complete in box were pulled up. But I don't think it, it pulled the cartridge stuff up that much. All at all, I don't think the water stuff did that because it didn't happen before the pandemic. Um, so it's, it's a case of, of seeing. I guess the question I'm going to ask is: at this point in time, how many people are in the market to buy an entire NES collection like this? If you're a collector, or if you're trying to collect, how many? people are out here that are interested in stuff like this versus like five or six years ago. Right. Or you might be more easily... Because a lot that came up a lot more back then. We talked about it because we're like, oh, is this going to sell for this amount of money or is this you know, this good? I think I think we're in a, a much different spot nowadays where you can say, hey, $18,000 for... We'll get into the details, like 700 NES games. Is that something that's viable and that you can find a buyer for? Uh, so let's go down here. What we're, we got here. It's... Entire, I like this, entire NES collection. Little Samson, Flintstones, Dinosaur Peak, Panic Restaurant, and all the rarest Nintendo games, except for Stadium Events. Events. Because Stadium Events would be half of that value right there yep. to the cartridge. So that's that's a, a huge caveat because people, if they saw that it had Stadium Events there, would have bought it. They would have yeah. bought it. And, they, and they'd work, and work the time to get their, make their money back in all the other games like like uh, Bonk's Adventure, you know, uh, you know, and all like even like the just very uncommon games like Dragon Warrior Four, you know, games you can get like maybe up to a hundred bucks for, uh, uh, in, in games of that nature. And then obviously you have the big one that's worth like ten grand uh, there. But it does not include any of the licensed games because once you get the unlicensed games, then obviously then this would be a huge deal if it had like the Panesians, if it had you know a Caltron, if it had all those all the Color Dreams games because those games are all worth you know. Uh, dozens of dollars, if not a hundred dollars. Dozens. Well, dozens. I was gonna say ten dollars. Like the cheapest one is usually like like uh, Captain Comic, which is like which fifteen. Used to be like, used to be, like yeah, it used to be ten or fifteen bucks. That's the cheapest unlicensed game. If you don't count the Tengen games, and this doesn't count the Tengen games either. Tengen games get no respect, unfortunately. It's, there's only a few of them. Uh, let's see. There's a few dishes like Disney's Aladdin. Uh, three Tengen games: Gauntlet, Rolling Thunder, and Tubin, and two Game Genies. But you do get a complete in box Miracle Piano, <laughs> and you get a uh, you, you get a Nintendo Power Set. Which is the one with the power pad? There. Mm. So, and this is the one that's actually most interesting to me: the manuals. There's almost no manuals here. Terminator, Dragon Warrior, Knights, Knights. I mean, King's Knight, not Knights Knight. Super Mario Two, Gauntlet, Sesame Street, Countdown, Untouchables, Cool World, Indiana Jones, Last Crusade, Taito. That's a hard to find one. Uh, that one or Ubisoft? Which one? Taito is that the Taito one or Ubisoft one? It's hard to find. Taito's a hard to find one. Um, uh, and then Prince of Persia. 
it is shocking to me that you would amass a collection with 700 games and only have about 10 manuals that you acquired throughout the way if you didn't sell them off. Because even by accident, uh, finding NES games in the wild or uh, finding them in eBay lots or on eBay, a, a good amount will have manuals with them. I'm just shocked that it's that such a low percentage. That's like shockingly low to me. Because yeah. I built up my collection, I would say I got to... I'd say 40% of my games, maybe over a third, I had the manual with them without me buying them separately, easily, just by finding them along the way. Really? I think maybe a third, maybe a third. Definitely not a half, but it was it was not a, you know, just find them at a swap meet and they had the manuals or because they still have the case on them. Right. Manual um, slipped into the side. Uh, most of the games are in good condition. Four have damage. Wario Woods, they all have damage. They're all crap. Um, for whatever reason, ski or die, short order, explode, Rocky and Bullwinker. That Bullwinkle, that Bullwinker, <laughs> Rocky and the old Bullwinker, <laughs> and then a crack on the card of Cowboy Kid. Ooh, mm. that's that's a tough to find one. But they've personally cleaned and tested it almost every single game. We know what that's like doing that for an entire collection. Yes, we know what that's like. But we had that. So anyway, so um, do, do you think this, there's a there's a market for something like this in 2021? I think this, basically asking the price of what probably what these are retail you know, price are. No, I, th- I think at this point we're we're kind of beyond that, or we're getting we're getting beyond that. Much um, like a Beyond Burger, we, we can't believe we talk about it as, as 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 we get further and further from from the the height of NES collecting popularity. Five years um, already. The the most before people lose interest in. I think the unknown titles. Whenever a system is like at its hottest, people want basically anything that has to do with it. They want all the titles. They want complete sets. But as time has gone on, the interest in a lot of that um, goes down. People, people. There's not a lot of people out there right now actively hunting down a copy of Supercars. That's the one you always use. You always go right to something like Supercars. Yeah. I always go to something like Goal Two. I always go to like Goal Two. Hard to find game. You will not want that game for the most part unless you're trying to complete an NES collection. Or bases loaded for. Like a yeah. legitimately rare game. You, it's, you don't come across it. You don't want that game or know it exists. You don't know that game exists unless you're like a hardcore right. NES collector. Yeah, and it's funny because as hard as baseball or as uh, bases loaded for is to find, it doesn't sell for much either because it's just a fucking sports game. Well, that, for a while it did until this happened. Let me look this up on eBay now. Now, now I'm curious. Bases Lotus 4 NES. I thought it was always like sub 10. Oh no, now it's like 46 by it now. Um, it it was it was one of the last ones that were sure. brought up. It was. Um so anyway, you know, I, I so I think I think this is a tough sell because we're back kind of at that point where people who want to uh buy NES stuff, they're happy buying the bigger name titles and buying what they they need. Um I think the the hunt for complete sets is kind of a a, a passing been, fad. Yeah, that's a past, a past fad. That, that's old. That's old. Fo- old fogies like me. Right. It's done. So no, I think um, it's going to be tough to sell everything at once, especially at retail value. Yeah, you're going to have to. You're going to have to come down. You, you can't. You can't get out what you put into it, as Ian likes to. Uh, yeah. Say, I will not. Rarely is that ever going to happen. If I sell a chunk of my stuff, well, will I get out what I put into it? Because I bought a lot of it from the old stuff. I will not get out what I put in for the stuff I paid full price for. I've, I've, uh, for the most part, I will not do that. Maybe it's like an extremely rare, you know, game. I'll be able to get most of it, but most of the stuff you won't, you know, I won't get. 
why I could do you know piecing it out. You you just won't. It just it just isn't a possibility anymore. Like if a dealer like a dealer might buy this stuff, I'll give you like nine grand for this. Right after they go through, okay, I can make the money back over time or whatever, or even less because time is money and the effort to do this. So, uh, oh yeah, some of those on the top. I thought there were boxes. No, there are uh, those cases you buy um, on the top, like the rental cases where you get the print. I, I don't like those personally. I just don't like those. I think they're weird to do that to put your game in, in a in a like kind of a rental case. But um, all right, I think it's interesting. We haven't talked about one of these in years, probably. Bookshelves are not included, so he has a sense of humor. Yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> looks sorry. like he has. Is he have my shelves? He has the, the Atlantic Oscar shelves. That's what it looks like. Same type of shelves. Looks like very nice. Very nice. Um, this collection has taken me many years to accumulate, and I hope it goes to a good home. Eh, moving on in life, it happens. It happens. I think that if I ever sold my NES collection off, um, if I would be wistful or not, I always think about that. I think about other collectors that have done that. The same. We know your Buffalo or Buffalo pal. Sold his stuff, mm-hmm. Grimsey. Uh, Dane, Nintendo Age, sold everything. To, to I mean, everything he had NES. And I wonder what at that point what you feel afterwards. If you feel like that's just a you turn the page in a, in your life and that's over, or you, 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 or, or do you, you start again? I, I, or you hold I, on, you hold on to the memories, and you're just like you know what that was a phase of my life and it's over. It's like hey, it's a phase of my life where I was playing a lot of racquetball and it's gone. Well, I don't know. And I think for a lot uh, of people, and I mean, I, I, I think. Scott would actually be a great example. I think for them, the fun was the collecting. It's the hunt. Yeah, it's it the is. Hunt. And I, you get it, and you're like, okay, and you, you you finally catch it, and you look at it for a while, and you go, all right, and then you or the or the dog, catch and release, <laughs> or the, put it back out into the wild, or the dogs that chase the car. What do you do when you get yeah. to, get the car? You can you can be an insane person and do NES marathons and, and do books, but that, that that's a rarity, though. That's not most of the people, you know, trying to find a use for it. That was me actually trying to find a use. Hey, Ian, let's do this NES marathon thing where we play every single game. Right. And it's like, well, that's a crazy person. Thanks about that. No one was celebrating the 20th anniversary in 2010. No, I right. assure you, no one was. And now that the 35th happened uh, you know, last year, everyone brought that up. In 2010, it was not a thing, surprisingly. It wasn't. It was so weird what's happened the past five, six years when it comes to the retro stuff. Yeah. Totally different. Sorry. I am a crazy person. Sorry you're going to put you through that. Cl- cleaning tubs of NES games out during your spare time. It's, it's fine. It's fine. Remember you didn't want to be on camera during the during the, at first during the stream and you finally got on camera? You're like, hey, yeah. who's that person there? That's just that weird person. Holding that, that stream holding that stream together with bubblegum and tape. With, with that, <laughs> Literally bubblegum and tape. With that tape. weird program that somehow didn't... It, we, didn't we didn't drop the... The stream at all? No, that first year. That's it's a no, I felt like if we had br- breathed wrong, though, we we probably would have. Yeah, it was it was uh, it was an interesting time, Ian. We it was. All, we were all young and innocent. A lot less hair we had. Yeah, a lot less hair. Sort of growing out of ourselves as we get older here. All right, well, that's it uh, on this. You want to pick this up for for uh, for, for Treg? Any of this stuff? No, yeah. no. <laughs> Does Treg want any of my stuff? That I'm going to sell. Do you think? I don't think so. But oh. Bonnie will take some of your stuff. Trey wouldn't want anything, really. Okay. Makes me sad. Maybe. All right. Ian, we have a we have a Patreon. We do. Patreon.com slash C U podcast. <laughs> You're looking off the distance. I like Genesis games. What do you what, what, I was thinking? What do you get what do you get there? Uh you get the full video podcast. You get writing that I do you get jazz, jazz hands. Week. Uh magic fingers, uh casting spells. Um hangouts. Go do a hangout. I should do my hangout this week. 
Oh yeah, we should do that. Maybe Sunday. I'll do my hangout Sunday. Did you tweet out your weekly writing? I did. Oh, I did retweet that. I did. And you also get a poll you can vote on, right, Ian? Yes, you do. Tell us about the poll, Pat. Take it away. It's a lovely poll. Everyone loves it. <laughs> In second place, do big video game releases get too much hype? Twenty four percent. It slipped this week. Uh oh. Come back, big 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 dog. I thought people would like that. You got one. shit to say. Uh should Nintendo this is first place. Seventy six percent. Should Nintendo remake games from their past consoles? Ian, what what do you think? Should Nintendo actively remake not just do an HD upgrade, remake games from their past consoles? I think it really depends on the uh game itself so nintendo nintendo doesn't do a lot of remakes we 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 did research for this they don't do a lot of re- <laughs> like they don't do a whole lot of flat out remakes there's been like 10 games that nintendo's done the super mario all-stars that's truly a remake the, the Metro- first one metroid zero mission on the gba and even that one's like it is it's a remake of the first one but they added quite a bunch of stuff to it but still a remake but it's right? a remake uh metroid samus returns oddly they like I'm just noticing they like going back to the Metroid well. Uh, Samus Returns um, on the 3DS remake of the Game Boy game. Uh, Link's Awakening on the Switch was a full-on remake. Uh, I mean, it, well, it's funny because it is, but it plays it plays so close to the original that, it, it, yeah. But it's a remake. Um, and then there were some various Pokemon remakes. Uh, Pokemon games what? have been probably the ripest for remakes. Which obviously it's Nintendo, but it's more the Pokemon company. It's so also it's like, game. It's also Game Freak. That's yes. what I mean. So it's like it's we can we can toss them in, but I always put those to the side. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Pokemon is Nintendo, especially when they have it comes a majority, to the games, they have minority but, ownership of Pokemon. But but they, it, yeah, yeah, the remakes for Pokemon are not just Nintendo wanting to do it. It's Game yeah, Freak I don't, wanting. I don't to classify do that as Super Mario or Link or. So that's kind of, I mean, that's like that's basically that's what I came up with. You had I brought your, up, I brought up four swords. You said that's not really a remake. I don't think that's really a remake. More like a, like a port. Yeah. Okay. Um. And then you know they do have some HD upgrades. So then you have got your, your two Zelda games that got the HD upgrades: um, Wind Waker and Twilight Princess. Uh, and then you get the versions of, um, the. 3D Mario games on 3D All Stars, you know, have been upresed to sure, but, but they're not the, remakes, but they're just ports, yeah. right? They're they're ports, and you could barely even call them HD HD ports, sure. Um, but I do think Nintendo would benefit from remaking some of their original, oh. uh, remaking some of their games. Um, I think Mario 64 more than just about anything is probably ripe for. A, a full-on remake. Versus the HD upgrade they just did. Yeah, versus the, the upgrade they just did. Really? I was really hoping to see But would you, you keep the same mechanics, though? Keep the same mechanics in the levels, but, the, I mean, take 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 the ideas that were obviously in their head that they couldn't flesh out then because it was such early polygonal technology. Well, what would you want to do that they couldn't pull I, off? Just graphically. Make it look as nice as they would make a game look now. I wouldn't cut that as a remake, though. Would you? Or just an up- graphical upgrade? No, that would be a remake. Oh, okay. I mean, if uh, you have, to, you'd have that... to do a new engine, well, then Link's Awakening isn't technically a remake because it literally plays the exact same with new graphics. Oh, but okay, but that, but uh, but okay, okay. So all right, we're splicing hairs. Okay, so you so you want to see 
you want to see not just like a, a little upgrade to Mars or you want to see like you want to see Odyssey yeah I would, Mario I, Odyssey look to it the question gotcha. is should Nintendo remake and yes I would okay. love to see them remake Super Mario 64 when I think of remake I also think of we're going to take a, a technological step forward and maybe change how it plays as well to some degree or add things that we couldn't do uh, technology at the time in terms of the gameplay a little bit that's that's how I well I think see you would you would like, have to do that if you remade Mario 64 I mean you'd have to add in actual analog okay. uh, camera control I mean first and foremost um, or you can use that mini one with the little yeah <laughs> um, I think I brought this up last week and I, the more I thought about this I thought it would be great uh, because I always had a problem with Kid Icarus if they did a Super Nintendo style Kid Icarus game kept it 2D I think that would be awesome uh, to, to see a game that uh, maybe um, incorporated the different buttons a little bit smoother had the same sort of adventure feel to it I think there was something there they could have done something with that they did it with Super Metroid I think the Kid Icarus would have sold if they did that I think they could have done that sure but time. that's more of a straight up sequel than a remake sure Super Metroid's see, its own but game. if but if they re, but uh, you see what I'm saying though Sure. But they could do that now. Maybe add a little bit more. Because they haven't really... Oh, yeah. No, you could remake the original Kid Icarus and add a ton to it. You wouldn't even need to keep it 2D, but you could. You could do it in the same way that um, I think it was Mercury Steam redid uh, Metroid 2, Return of Samus okay. on the 3DS. So you basically you keep the same styling. Yeah. Yeah, yeah why not? There you go. I, I, I wanted to love Kid Icarus. I just couldn't. Kid Icarus is a game series uh, that, as a whole, I I I love the theming of Kid Icarus. Uh, you, lo- you love the old mythology stuff. Yeah, You're- and I love the theming of it. And uh, I love I, I I play those games, and I will tell you I like them. Um, but they are not perfect. The first one is incredibly frustrating and very difficult, and just obtuse. Obtuse is all fucking yeah. get out. That credit uh, card thing. And stuff there's like a lot that. of weird systems yeah. at work under uh, Kid Icarus, and the same can be said for of Myths and Monsters, which is the uh, the Game Boy one. Very just like odd shit going on in the background, numbers and, <laughs> and, and it's a match of mythology, maybe. Yeah, and uh, and equations going on in the background, and then the 3DS one, um, really great game underneath all the fucking horrible controller de- design. Oh, really? Yeah, it, oh. it was. The, it required you to hold the system with one hand and do other shit with the stylus the entire time. Because they didn't put a fucking second joystick on the 3DS initially, oh, so yeah. they had to think of how to you know maneuver in a 3D space. And their so, option was their idea was to basically use the stylus as a mouse. It sucked. So there was almost what was it 25 years in between the uh, Metroid: Samus Returns remake versus the original. Um, maybe that's what we need. I mean, like a 20 to 25 year span to go back to the well. Because I hate when you go back too soon. Uh, because then it's like, why well, just buy the game? Sure. Uh, at the time. I think it has to be the sort of game where, like I said, a lot of people missed out on that first Kid Icarus. Um, it has to be a game like that, where where it's either something kind of, not necessarily obscure, but it's like, well, this isn't a heavy hitter. We're going to make it something that is going to get your attention with a property like that, that sort of faltered. We'll just say it wasn't as strong as as the others. You know what? We brought it up before. Fuck it. I, w- I, want, I want a remake of the original Wave Race. There you go. I brought that. <laughs> Fuck it. Because I just reviewed it. 
Ian loves it. It's a, it's it's a, a great game. I haven't played I, it in a long time, but Pat I, kept for weeks. Pat kept saying, "You know, I'm going to do Wave Race," and I'm like, "Do it." Wave Race is like genuinely good. Well, it was on my list to review, but I mean, like, I don't know why I kept putting it off. I, I did something before that. It's a fun game. I, I, I reviewed one or two games before that. For some reason, I kept putting. I did Rogue Squadron before that and kept putting it off. I don't know why I kept putting it off. There was something weird in my head. Keep once I play it, I'm like, this is better than I remember it. Yeah, it's, I don't it's, think we it's, get. It's I on my short list of of of, of N64 games that I will we, I will play. I don't think I, at the time I think it probably got credit with the journalists, but I think when we were kids or teenagers playing, like, oh, this is fun. I don't think we we understood not just the, the dynamic water movement and everything, how great that was at the time. That like nothing else was doing something like that, but also like the water graphics and like transparency and the reflection stuff. For an early N64 game, that was there was some yeah, stuff it, going on it's, there. It's rare to look at an N64 game. And this and looks like, good. That looks nice. Yeah, it looks but, nice. Yeah, no, you're like, it no, looks that's nice. But no, it looks nice. And it was the third N64 game. Um, so yeah, I think the problem with Wave Race is uh, the people who played it then knew how good it was. You're right; it got good reviews. I'm pretty sure in the magazines. But oh, yeah, I had yeah. friends who had it. And we all we all enjoyed it. Um, but the problem with the N64 is as time went on. The N64 has so many racing games. Oh, boy. Yes. Do I know it? So many racing games. Dozens and dozens. And once Mario Kart 64 landed in most people's collections, I think that, that became it. the de facto. That that was, uh, if we're going to play a four-player racing game, one, we're yeah. going to play that. So Wave Race did get, I mean. Well, Wave Race wasn't four players, but yeah. Right. But early on, Wave Race is, you know, people enjoyed it, but I think quickly it was supplanted by Mario Kart and then also just has the problem of getting lost in the shuffle of all the other racing games. But it's worthwhile. Yeah, then F-Zero uh, came, F-Zero X comes out and that did well and that was popular. So like it was too early and then it was sort of like well, there's no uh, characters attached to it. They're made up. You know what I mean? It's not like yeah. if it was if it was Mario Wave Race, we would have had seven of them by now. Right. We would have had seven of them. Now I'm giving them ideas. Now I, I want to come back. Now I want I want beach beach toadstool uh, on a shirtless <laughs> toadstool because that's the weird thing about Nintendo. Like with Wave Race, it's close to like this is a straight racing game, but we'll put in stuff to Nintendo fi just enough, like a fucking dolphin you chase around while you're training. We'll just we'll make it Nintendo cute enough. Yep, but it's still a straight-up game. But Nintendo has gotten away from those straight-up games. They've sort of ignored them. Mm -hmm. Even something like F-Zero, where it's goofy and futuristic, we're not going to bring that franchise back for whatever reason. It's not marketable enough to them, even though people love the franchise. So it's like, that. those are sort of games I think they can bring back. I mean, hell, fuck it. Uh, you know, I don't care if you remake the, the GameCube uh, F-Zero. Bring it, we need a new F-Zero game. It's been like fucking 20 we years. We do. It's been 20 years. Come on. I can kid about also with Wave Race. Like you, there's room in Nintendo's uh, suite of software to go back to some of these C-tier properties and, and to do it. That's all the conversation we had before. Back to, back to the remakes here. Um, yeah, I think, that's, uh, I think we covered most of it, that what, we, what we think we want to see uh, there. But that's, that's, those are the two big ones to me. Wave Race, do, do a fucking straight-up remake. I think I'd I love to see a Kid Icarus remake of the original uh, warts and all, but at least it'd be uh, easier to play, maybe mm -hmm. to manage. Uh, you know, maybe you switch it a little bit. Maybe give me more powerful arrow at first that doesn't go three feet. <laughs> I mean, come yeah. on, blink, come on, blink, blink, blink. come on. That's rough. That's rough when you're starting off. Uh -huh. they, they they did that because on and Metroid it's like that. 
But it's not a, you're not nearly as weak in, in Metroid, I think, as in no. King no, Icarus. No, you're, you're, uh, you, you are, can survive, but Samus can take, take care of herself a little bit better. You are squishy and frail when you start You're cute in Kid Icarus, but you, a snake touches you, you lose like you're, you know, you're, half your life. You're three seconds away from death at all times. Yes. <laughs> and, the, and, the, and the really, this is why the remake, I, if you fall, you don't die. You just fall, come on. You can't have the static moving screen when you vertically go. Let me fall to the next level and come back up. That's, that's a killer in Kid Icarus. That, to me, is a fatal flaw. Uh, to Kid Icarus. That, that, that makes it so much harder than, than it should be there. Right? Are we missing anything that, that they should remake here? I think we got it. For a Nintendo, Nintendo first party stuff. Would you want to see a... I'm almost curious to see a, a remake of The Legend of Zelda but make it like a Super Nintendo sort of style. That could be interesting just as a... I'm sure someone's probably done it. Uh, that, that could be an interesting sort of thing. Because I always hear about, oh, it doesn't you know, oh, it doesn't hold up. And this would it hold up if the graphics were just increased? Do you think it would you would like it a little bit better? I'd love to see what they could do with the framework of Zelda Two. The fr- I mean, framework like remaking Zelda Two. I'd, no, be, I'd be more it. interested in a Zelda Two remake. Really, than a Zelda One remake. Yeah, for the side scrolling action. Yeah, I, they could take it into 3D for all I care. I just want to see what they could do with it. A 3D Zelda Two. Ian, you're, 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 so when you walk when you walk around, you walk around in 3D instead of the overhead thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Breath of the Wild, but Zelda Two. Yeah, that is brilliant, Ian. Take the Zelda Two story, and you have to walk through the swamp to get to the yeah, precisely. All right, Nintendo, you got You better give give Ian a kickback if you do that. That's it, right there. That's it. That's it. Maybe that's what Breath of the Wild Two is going to be. Yeah, do a time warp <laughs> to Zelda Two. All right, Ian, we got we got some voicemails. All right, you know you know how to get access to voicemails and how you can leave one. You you oh. do. <laughs> oh, we're not there yet. You just don't get it. Uh oh, it's like the early days of the Patreon. Oh, that's so cute, Ian. Uh, you go to anchor.fm slash the CU podcast and you can leave us a comment or a question. Uh we, we prefer the short ones, uh, because you know, like, like a radio caller, it can bog down if it's a minute and then we have to wait for it. But like twenty seconds. Hey, this my name my name is Peter and I like I like Ian. Peter I like Ian's uh uh thick-framed uh, black glasses, and this is my comment. Anyway, so this is the first one. This is from Josh. Hey, guys. This is Josh, a huge fan of the show for many years now. My question is, if you could get transported to one of the worlds or games that you've played and live there, which one would you choose and why? Stay safe, and thanks for all the great work that y'all put out. So we had, we had I think this was, this was a Patreon poll topic like six, seven months ago. Might Ben, but I've got a different answer. I'm sure. I was just thinking it would be fun to live in the world that Kirby lives in. Okay, I don't think you said that last time. I don't think I did either. But I would. I, that's that's where I'm feeling. That's what I'm feeling right. Because everything's cute and cuddly, but still deadly. Lots and lots of sweets. It always comes back to the sweets. Yes, Sundays. Yes. Do you remember what you said last time? No. I think it said bubble bobble. Oh yeah, because of the sweets. Maybe. Yeah. Yes. That, 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 yeah. That, you're already looking at your lips. Yeah. Yeah. You literally mean like I'm a great popsicle, like you did years <laughs> back. <laughs> it always comes down to the food and the cute. Okay, okay. I said, maybe this will be interesting. Maybe Ian will talk about like cuddly creatures and hanging out. No, no, just food. <laughs> just food. What's the food in Kirby's uh, adventure? Uh, like I said, he, he, there's Sundays. There's suckers. <laughs> you only want to call it suckers. Instead of lollipops, what's the proper? Is lollipop like like uh, petroleum jelly versus Vaseline? Is it a, is it a generic? I, yeah, it lollipop might be. versus a sucker. Is it a different term? Uh, let's see. For me, I, I don't remember what I said last time. Uh, maybe I said bubble bobble, but I don't know if I said bubble bobble. Um, I would I would love to, I would love to live in the world of um, Walleye Bear and the No Gang. You have all your <laughs> you got your creature friends. 
you know, <laughs> creature friends. You yes. go out, you go out for a nice, nice skateboarding adventure. Got your eyesore wallpaper everywhere. A- a- avoid getting a-, a syringe stuck in your arm by a rodent on the subway. It's uh, it- it's it's fun times there. All right, next one here. Hello, hello, it's Chet Star. Pat, Ian, what's your favorite Simpsons episode? Bye. Nice and short and sweet. What's your favorite Simpsons episode? Do I don't remember? actually know the Simpsons very well, um, but I like the um, the one with the chowder. Which was the chowder one? Is that? If it's not in the first five, six years. It's. I think it's like season six. It's like the murder mystery episode where the chef dies. Okay. Yeah. Here's the thing about the Simpsons. I watched every episode. The first, like everyone, like it was a ph- cultural phenomenon. The first couple of years are weird to look at compared because Bart was a star. Then they made Homer the star early on back when the don't have a cow days were there and Bartman shirts were everywhere um, I stopped watching it once I got to college and I said you know this isn't as good as it used to be and it wasn't just me because that's when like the original writers left and Conan O'Brien mm-hmm. left and so people said oh you're crazy it's like no this, this is different it's not, it's not as uh, I don't know cerebral or down to earth as it used to be and they made Homer an idiot I know people like him, but he wasn't always an idiot. He was just a family, a, a dumb, uh, or like more just... Um, he wasn't always man. an idiot. He was just dumb. Well, I mean, he was... Okay. <laughs> he wasn't comically stupid. Like, he, he was still grounded in reality sure. at some point in time, was it say. I, I love the... Um, I love the... Uh, the um, there was it the two-parter who killed Mr. Burns. I remember that being really good. That was a big thing at the time. And, of course, it has to go back to Nintendo. The episode where they basically parodied uh, Punch-Out!, Remember that there was a mm-hmm. game they were playing, which was his, that was probably what season three or so. That was like early nineties, that or, or or earlier. And then the itchy and scratchy one where they they, they the, the parents band together to get it off the air. That was a that was a fantastic episode at the time. Remember that one? I, I literally don't. These are what, classic ones with the proprietary. What I know period. about the Simpsons, yeah. I know through Vonnie. Vonnie is a big Simpsons. Fan. Yeah, I fell off. I saw the movie in the theaters when it came out. Wow, that movie came out like like, like ten years ago already. And God, it, it's, it's going to be thirty years. It's already 30. It was 30 years. I'm like, what, 89? Holy shit. I guess I can go forever. It's Always Sunny. It's like over 15 years by now. It's, it's crazy, yeah. But it's still strong. But speaking of that, I've been catching up on some DVR to It's Always Sunny, and they're still strong. In I've been episodes. meaning to catch up on that at night. Just... I don't know how. You think at some point they get tired of the, the actors, and but no. You're like, wow, this show is still good. Maybe because it, it is unrealistic. That helps. Uh, what's next here? Uh... Hey guys, I was just wondering, Pat, what, what's your favorite memories from being here in Norway when you visited here and went to Retrospilmessen? Thanks, Chris. My favorite memories were not sleeping for the entire week I was there the first time, and that's not even an exaggeration. I probably slept <laughs> um, 12 hours in a week. Wow. So um, it was bad. I, if you looked at the pictures of me from then, I looked like I was dead. Um, so I had a great time. The people were great and friendly. The food was great. Everything was fine. Uh, they didn't tell you that the um, yeah the sun's up for like twenty two hours of the day. Oh, so uh-huh. first time I got there, I'm already fucked up. I can't sleep on planes notoriously. I've gotten better, but we're talking you know eighteen hours of travel time. That's not fun. So you're basically going forward and losing an extra like half a day because of the transition of time. You're losing what eight hours. You're basically losing. It's a whole day that you're accounted for. Yeah. So I get there. I'm obviously exhausted. It's it, the first time. It was three planes. It was uh, it was straight from. I think it was straight from San Diego to um, to the to the UK, UK to Germany, and then Germany uh, to Norway. I think it was like that. I got there. I was exhausted. 
And so I, I go and I take um I, I take a nap because at the time it's still light out. Um, I got there probably I don't know th- I don't know two in the afternoon. I wake up and I'm like, oh, it's light out. It must be like four o'clock. It was like nine at night and it looked like it was like three in the afternoon. And I thought my wa- I thought my wa- I thought my cell phone didn't adjust to the time. I thought something was going on. I was like, what? I'm like, like <laughs> I never experienced that before. I'm looking outside. And I'm like, it's the afternoon. So after that, my clock was totally messed up after that and that's a mm. common thing that happens when you travel but when yeah. there's no the light when the light thing does work with it what is it your what's what's the rhythm thing called by Bi- uh, biorhythms your your iridium no. rhythms whatever uh euclidean euclidean rhythms uh anyway so you, you do you do cycle based upon the light that hits your body that, that, that you are built your body is built for that so that was one of my biggest memories is that. But it was awesome meeting the people. It was awesome seeing all the PAL games you never saw before. Yeah, it was that's awesome cool. seeing the M82 stand because for some reason in Europe they're like common and not hard to find the M82 display stand and begging them to sell anyone to sell me one. <laughs> and no one would. Please, if you have an M82 tabletop stand, please. I've gotten close to buying one three or four times. There's one person who has six, six of them. It's like, can I just buy one? No, 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 no. No. What? No, well, you I, have six I need of them. all of them. That's like the last thing I need for my probably that's the like last thing I would want for my collection. If I don't get the full stand up one, which are like that, those are so big and ridiculous. I want the tabletop one. They're adorable. They're adorable. Please sell me one out there if you're in Europe. I don't know why they, they. I guess they didn't throw them out there. They got more of them. Sorry, that was my memory. Um, and I ate, and I ate whale. I think I sampled the whale. There was a restaurant because whale there isn't like endangered or whatever. So there was one restaurant that had a whale that we we kind of tried one time. Now I feel bad eating a whale. Um, this is from Jose. Oh, no. Oh, I missed one. Speaking of Germany. Hey, Pat and Ian. This is Frank from Germany calling. I'm just curious how did this whole uh, limited jingle uh, mushroom thing get started? Uh, I think I missed this uh, back in the days. Um, by the way, Bloodsport is great. See ya. Take it is. Care. Oh, thank you, thank you, Frank. I'm not sure there's any German blood sport uh, athletes in the movie. I'm trying to think. There's a German one. I uh, had it start. I'm a crazy person, and so I just started hitting, the, hitting the, hitting the button. That you got me. That's what happened. Well, no, it started because we kept, uh, kept saying limited. Yeah, based off of Don. Um, what's his name? The limited. Card, the card guy. Yeah, that's where it started. Don West, Don shop West. at home. Be yeah, yeah. dialing. <laughs> Don West. We started. It started with that, and then we kept saying it. And then for whatever reason, you kept I just, hitting. I was the, hit when you we had it. the little one whenever limited came up. Yeah, that's right. We had the little one. Uh, uh, blame Yoshi because Yoshi got me the. He sent me the little. Yeah, limited one, which is it's right there. Yep. Where is it? it where? It's right here. Oh, it's right there. It doesn't work anymore. I changed the battery out. That's why I swapped it out. Yeah. There you go. We pulled the curtain back. Uh, next is from. Okay, I'll let them talk. <laughs> Hi, Pat and Ian. This is Jose. I'm calling you from Michigan. I love the podcast, and I think you guys are doing a great job. My question is for Pat. Pat, I have been uh, contemplating my own mortality lately and realized oh. I don't really have the best plan for my collection in the event of uh, something were to happen to me. So I don't know if my wife fully understands the value of my collection. So, uh, Pat, what plans have you made for your collection in the unfortunate event of uh, something happening to you? Um, the value! Let me know. That's all I have. Thank you, guys. Thanks, Jose. Uh, I actually brought this up on my... Um, who I bring this up to? My sister a few weeks ago. 
But um, I, I, I said to them, I'm going to I'm gonna make a list, Google Drive Doc, here are the 50 most valuable games that I have. So at least for these 50, you can sell these individually. They're that rare that you can get closer to top value for these. Something like the NWC carts, like a Steam event. Like you can you can get most of the money for these. Like these this is you don't have to work that much to get that. The rest of it, have at it and hot, you know, just piece it out or whatever, um, or or have someone get it for pennies and a dollar. But here's the fifty ones that are probably worth the majority of what the rest are worth. Right. So that's what I, I would recommend everyone doing. Like you don't want to because this happened. We've seen this happen with uh, Sid Bolton. Uh, the, the, the person in New Jersey that there was an auction that died that had a vegan collection where. Yeah, what do you do with it? Well, you, you're going to leave your loved one who knows nothing about it, all this shit laying around? Like, it's a lot. So I would say, yeah, get the most valuable stuff and you record that. This is the, what they're worth. This is where the stuff's at. These are the ones that you at least set aside and sell separately to maximize it versus everything else. That's the simplest thing, at least to me, to do. Does that make sense? Yeah. I uh, I mean, with my, you know, Vani's fairly savvy with video games and whatnot, and she knows, for instance, that the PC and en- if if something were to happen, the PC engine stuff holds the most value in terms of what I have. Um, but I've started making like lists of my records and stuff because oh, that's sure. a lot harder, um, <clears throat> and it's harder to kind of determine what is. And it's a much bigger collection too. So yeah, I mean, start making just in your spare time where you can make lists with the values of the most notable pieces, and then you know what happens happens. Hey, Pat and This is Jedediah from Maine, and I have a question mostly for Pat. Um, will we ever see a return of the not-so-common podcast or maybe some guests on the CU podcast? I know it was really interesting hearing the story of different people like Mark from uh, Classic Game Room on the show or even just hearing from Frank or some other familiar people on there. And I wonder if we can get some of that content blended into the CU podcast. Regardless, really love the show. Thanks for all this stuff. Keep it up, guys. Um, the, the not, I can't do it. I used to do the, the Not So Common podcast the off week of the CU podcast. So I was basically doing one podcast a week. And once this went to two weeks, excuse me, every week, what uh, was that beginning of 2019? That was. Yeah. So two years ago, holy shit. Um, I just, I, I don't have the bandwidth uh, to do that with everything else I have going on. If I wasn't doing other stuff, yes. I, if it was just me, Pat the Podcaster, yes. But I'm doing, I have other projects going on all the time. So that said, uh, I have in my own head, I haven't discussed with Ian, I have grown more open to maybe having a potential guest on the CU podcast, especially when there are weeks like this where there's nothing to talk about. It's sure. that we would just have to coordinate. The problem is, I think, the coordination and also the tech stuff, I'm open to it. We, we have to discuss how it would work because um, it, it would just probably be like a, sh- a segment. It wouldn't be the whole episode. Um, it, and it probably... Here's the thing. It's harder to do like an interview-style segment with when there's two people versus one. It's, you can do it more like a radio show where it's more like a discussion. We have to really talk about it and really choose who we want to do. <clears throat> I, I actually never brought up to Ian before, so I don't know if you're, you'd be agreeable to that potentially. Uh, I'm less disagreeable to it than I used to be. <laughs> because some weeks will be, will be suffering. Uh, speaking of suffering... Hey, Pat, Ian, Tommy Tallarico here. Hey, listen up. When I told everybody that the Amico was going to be delayed, it's not really going to be delayed. I just said that just to troll you guys. <laughs> I got storage spaces full of them right now. 
And when I posted those ads looking to fill those super important positions on the team, those positions were filled on Monster.com the day before. I just <laughs> said that just to troll you. And I, I, I'm going to jump out this window right now, not because I really want to kill myself, but just to troll you. Jesus <laughs> Christ. Oh, no, Tommy, don't do it. Good evening, motherfuckers. It's me, the maniac, Long John Silver. <laughs> okay, I, I don't know if you're aware of this, uh, Ben, but when you leave us a message like that, I see your real full name. Just I'll let you know. So it kind of it kind of destroys the illusion of the, of trying to be edgy or I don't know what the hell that was. <laughs> I don't know if that's a meme or if that's a, I don't know, a podcast. Okay, a couple more here. Uh, let's see. Hey, Pat and Ian. This is Andy from Indiana. Um, you guys talk a lot about how you love 90s FPS games. Uh, and in the past three to four years, there have been a bunch of new uh, boomer shooters, as the kids say, from uh, the indie window, devs. Right? Um, have you played any of them? If so... Uh, do you have any personal favorites? Is it? Anyway, love the show. Uh, thank you for answering this. So I guess boomer shooter is a term. Is that we... the exact same question? That's not a repeat? Is that just the no, exact no, that's, same? No, that's a new question, I believe. Is that a new one, or did I hit that by accident I last time? I think you hit that by accident last time. Okay, then we did. Okay. Yes. All right, then we'll do a couple more. Yeah. Okay. Because otherwise, that's a coincidence, right? I still need to play Dust. Name's Potato. Question to Ian. What's your favorite style of Mahjong? Uh, Ricci Mahjong. What's that style? That's that's, that's Japanese. That's the that's the standard Japanese style of Mahjong. All right, we'll do we'll do one more. These have been shorter than usual. Thanks, Potato. Yeah. Hi guys, it's Andrew of Ukraine. There are plenty of games that have been originally released around 2010s, like Dark Souls, Skyrim. Witcher, Diablo, Saints Row, you name it. And uh, later, all those games have been uh, ported to Nintendo Switch. Oh. Did you miss any of games in this uh, time period and then played it uh, first time on Nintendo Switch and loved it? Do you have any of such games? If yes, please tell me what are those and recommend it. Love your podcast. Bye, guys. Thanks, Andrew. International flavor this week in the CU Pocket. And I have the link up above so you can see all the you can see all the ones that were made for the Switch or re-released. There's a ton of them on right. here. You got you got like Bayonetta one and two on here. Uh Blade Runner Enhanced Edition was re-released on the Switch. That if you missed that, there's a lot of stuff. Uh, uh, Ghostbusters, the video game remastered. I forgot about that. Yeah, you know, there's all this stuff that, they, that came out in the past ten years that is now on the Switch. Yeah. So the question is, did we did we, did we play miss? any of those on the Switch? And were any of them for the first time? Um, no, not yet. However, I keep telling myself someday I'm going to play L.A. Noir. Uh, oh. And at this point, it would probably be on the Switch. Yeah, you get, I, you get all you get all those weird. Yeah, exactly. It just seemed like a, a good way to do it. You um, couldn't get the full game at the time. It was it was technically impossible to get the full game when it first came out because it was like buy it at uh, buy it at GameStop. You get these packs of missions. Buy it at Target. You get these packs. It was like three or four of those things that fuck right. with you. So this you get the full game. Yeah, exactly. You get the actual full game. Uh, so that's one that's on my list to do at some point. It's worth playing. Uh, but no, none of the other ones I've I've gone back to. I. Uh, like I, I, I always heard Saints Row Three was a lot of fun. I kind of wanted to play it, but I just I never, never found the need to pick it up on the Switch. 
Yeah, there's literally a list of games that were either remade for the Switch or ported over, which some of these count. Like, like Light War is not a remake, but it's I guess poured over. Yeah, but there's a there's a list. There's like 150 games. There's like a, so many games that came out on the Switch that were released uh, previously. Uh, Castle Crashers remastered. You know, there's everything on here. So you can it's at the Nintendo uh, fandom uh, site. Their their wiki here. Yeah, you'll be surprised when you see people like, oh, this this came back out, which was came out before. Not even counting stuff like you know, the, like Nintendo's first party stuff, obviously, right? Almost all their games, but even stuff like you know, you have Episode One Racer on here that they came back out. Things oh, that's like right, that. I forgot about that. Yeah, tons of stuff that they they either upgrade or just re-released. Uh, Torok, that's right, doing that. Uh, the Pokemon games and whatever. Uh, I'll do one or two more here. Hello, my name is Adam, and I was wondering if, what do you guys think if the whole internet age was pushed back 15 or 20 years so things like the NES and the Sega Genesis had their own networking service, how would that pan out as far as the growth of video games and technology during that time? It's an interesting question. We don't do it a lot is. of what-ifs. So, I mean, I guess you can't count stuff like the X-Band because no, no one had it or the Super Nintendo and Genesis, whatever. It was on uh, Saturn. Um, and you, we're not going to count, I guess, Satella. And, uh, no, for Super Nintendo's that wasn't here, and Japanese is always ahead of our technology by like five, ten years. They always get the, the good shit before us. Well, that was under um, the impression he didn't just mean like for the systems, but just if we had the internet in general. I mean that early, uh, okay, especially uh, for the NES. Um, well, well, the society would be totally different, so it's kind of tough to go that. I'm trying to think about just for video games, uh, what would have happened? Um, and I had a train of thought, now I got derailed. <laughs> I just I actually just had an answer, and now I don't have. So you're it talking anymore. about Satella. Yeah. Oh, okay. This is this is all I was gonna say. Um, when our internet came to us, we'll just say we'll just say with like CompuServe and AOL and Prodigy, we're talking like ninety one. We'll just say we'll put like ninety one. Yeah. Not many people still had computers in their house yet. That didn't happen for like another three, four years. Uh, ninety five, ninety six, something like that. Ninety four. Um, you, you had a, a a clear segmentation between video games that were on the PC versus consoles. It was clear. On the PC, there were more, uh, more for the most part, more serious, more adult, more complicated, more complicated, more complex, uh, less action oriented for the most part. Versus on consoles, it was clearly consoles are for more for kids, teenagers, and the PC games are for adults. If the internet was around when the NES came out, that mean that would mean that everyone had computers. We would have we would have a totally different marketplace for video games. I'm thinking totally rationally of how it would have developed just just looking at it because the time the internet got popular pc games had changed a hell of a lot by then you had games for every one by then you had first shooters you had platformers by then there was nothing you can do in a pc that you couldn't do at a console uh by, by the time it got popular so the nes um they would not have had the stranglehold that nintendo would not, would not have nearly the stranglehold they would have it just they just wouldn't because the, the market already segmented out right you know you, you'd have doom was a phenomenon that didn't happen when the nes was out you know you didn't have you weren't getting arcade perfect ports on the pc uh in the 80s you were in the, in the 90s so it would have been just a different different time i mean it's, it's hard but that's why i think about like the the, the nes probably the, the nes might have even went more kiddier maybe if they knew that all the adults were on the PC. I don't know. But there, there, I mean, there's not a huge amount of adult games on the NES to begin with. I'm just thinking purely NES and I guess Super Nintendo. There's not a huge amount of them. No. Yeah, not that I can really think of. What do you think, Ian? How, how would things would have been different? Would, they, would, they, would, they, would Nintendo would have tapped into the uh, online tech 
you know, back then where they've done multiplayer NES games or no, they would have been behind the curve. <laughs> no, I think they probably would have. I was just right. thinking what would have happened if the, the, you know, the internet was around the 80s. We, I, we might not have ever seen a video game magazine market. Oh, you think that for that? Uh, At all. Or would have died out a lot sooner. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. Uh, we want to talk about social media, how that's, that destroyed us. But uh, <laughs> anyway. All right, one more. Well, oh, you, okay. Yep. I was ready to call, but you'd say, I want one. I want I want some more goodness here. Let's okay. Um, let's see. And now I can't find it. Let's see here. Hello. My name is Demon Dave from DemonDave.com. Here to tell you and I, to ask you about what do you think about Reggie. Reggie is my favorite Animal Crossing 3DS creator. I think to myself sometimes, who is this Reggie? I says to myself, this Reggie, quite a good man. <laughs> then I says, then I says, to wait a minute, you say shut up and then go Rangers, your little brother in the next room <laughs> while you're on your Gateway 2000 microphone? What, 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 is, what was With that? popping and you're snapping. <laughs> what did he say? He said, shut up. Quite a good man. Then I says, then I says, to go myself, Rangers. Is he a Ranger fan or Power Rangers? Myself, I says Reggie. Hey, Reggie, you're the best. If you don't think Reggie's the best, I don't think you're the best. So review Reggie, please. I need it for my children. Okay. I'm glad we did one more, Ian. Aren't you glad? Yeah, um, I'm so glad. It's always good for your shtick when your 10-year-old little brother's screaming in the next room. Or That's always good for your shtick there. All right. That's well, always good. On that note. <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> On that note, oh my uh, God! Thanks, Ian. Thanks for that. That's that one's on you. You're the one as you get for extending the power of the I, one more. I thought you were going to say two more, so I said one more. Oh, I was, was going to be done. Well, thanks for the voicemails, everyone. We appreciate that. And that's it for the CU podcast, Ian. All right, that's it. It was it was shorter than sweeter than usual. It was one thirty, which for us has been shorter and sweeter. That seemed like it was only an hour. So, you, you going to join me for an eighties hangout tomorrow, Ian? Or no, you're still going to. You're still not going to do it. Maybe. That, that's not a strong maybe. We'll see. That's no. That that's that's my father. We'll see. Hey, Dad, we're gonna can we go to friendlies. We'll see after we we'll see the fucking Revolutionary War reenactment. <laughs> yeah. uh, we'll, see. we'll see. That's a no. I say that when <laughs> I was uh, seven. No, because every time you say we'll see is a no. That's a way of pushing off the inevitable no. I'm, I'm not dumb. I'm in second grade. I figured out the patterns. <laughs> Did you ever get that we'll see from your father? Yeah. That was, oh, yeah. Never that was that a yes. It was always bad. Two percent of the time, that was a yes. Maybe. It was never a yes, ever, ever. We'll see. We'll see. Just tell me no. Respect me. Show respect. I'm. I'm I can read now. I can do. I can, I do, can read now. I can do simple uh, arithmetic. <laughs> I, I can. I can almost multiply. I can add and subtract. I can almost multiply. I can. I know what a fraction is, kind of in theory. You know, I can tell time. I can. I. I figured out how to, how to write a letter. We learned that in school. You know, where to put the postage stamp and return address top left. Sorry, getting flashbacks now. To, we'll see. That, that triggered me. We'll see. That's the worst fucking thing I've ever heard in my life, that phrase. <laughs> Damn you, Ian. I got triggered. I'm going home. We got sandwiches at home. <laughs> Thanks, Dad. Thanks, Pops. They, they don't have awesome Sundays at home. No. I, I, I got. We got ice cream at home. Yeah. Crappy hard uh, Briar's ice cream we got at home. Dolly Madison ice cream. That's not... 
full of ice crystals. That's, yeah, thank you. The, remember the ice crystals of like Briars? It's all natural. Yeah, you get crystals in three it's days. It's all water. It's all <laughs> fucking water. You get crystals in three days. Delicious Don't, fucking don't water. make me eat the ice crystal ice cream. <laughs> don't make me finish it. It turns into like a gel at the bottom. Makes <laughs> your tongue bleed. <laughs> So it was like rock salt. It was awful. It was like a gel custard at the bottom. Fucking lacerates your face. Fuck you, Dolly Madison. I don't care what you did for the flag. Your ice cream sucks. Your ice cream was bad, though. Okay, that's it for the city of This is what happened when it's a light week. I got all this energy. All right, we'll see you later. Bye.